Fire and the Flood Part 3 of the Fiends with Benefits series Ugo Domen's Potfic Written by Verdant Valpus And read by Literarian Chapter 8 The Oysters Part 1 Summary Crowley and Haziraphel meet up in Rome. Stuff happens. Content warnings. Explicit sexual content. Ancient Rome, 41 AD. Things had gotten a lot easier lately. Crowley had a new name that made him feel like a new demon... His assignment in Rome was, once again, ridiculously easy, and the weather had been sunny and warm. He'd acquired some dark-tinted glasses which hid his eyes and made it possible to pass as human without a glamour. Some of the drinks weren't terrible. There was sex absolutely everywhere. Life was good. Even the angel-shaped anxiety that lived in the back of his skull had gone quiet since Crowley discovered the secret to being friends with Aziraphale. Keeping his expectations low. Ground level low. Couldn't get disappointed then. Couldn't say or do the wrong thing then. Wouldn't ruin it by pressing the fuss bucket into something he wasn't ready for, would never be ready for. If they ever kissed again, that would be fine, but he wouldn't try to make it happen. It was enough to have what he had now. Aziraphale had accepted him as a friend. Wasn't that absolutely wild? He wouldn't be surprised if the angel backtracked on it. He'd said the words, we are friends, as though it had come as a shock, but he'd still said them. If he took them back, Crowley was determined not to be disappointed. He was reminding himself of this again when he sat at the counter and called over the bartender. What have you got? he asked, only to get a snarky response and his attention drawn to the posted menu. Let me rephrase, Crowley growled. What's drinkable? House brown, the human replied tersely. A jug is two sesterces. Crowley ordered his drink and waited for Aziraphale to approach. He'd spotted the angel as soon as he entered the room, of course. The place was crowded, but there was no mistaking who those blonde curls and gleaming white toga belonged to. He felt pulled to join the angel immediately, but that was never a wise choice. Aziraphale could be working right now and Crowley was keeping his expectations low. Crowley? Crowley's breath caught, surprised by the pain of hearing that name again, let alone from the voice of a friend. Ridiculous overreaction, he scolded himself. 
It was your name up until eight years ago. Tell that to his heart, hammering in his throat as he choked on his drink. Fortunately, Aziraphale seemed to realize his error almost as soon as he'd said it. Crowley, he corrected himself quickly. Fancy running into you here. The angel slid into the seat beside him, and Crowley cleared his throat, flushed as his abrupt bout of discomfort was washed away completely by the ease with which Aziraphale corrected himself and moved on. They didn't have to talk about it. It didn't have to be a thing. Still up to no good? the angel asked with a beaming smile. What the hell else would I be doing? Starting a circus? Crowley snarked, still a bit flustered by how much the gesture seemed to mean to him. It was stupid to feel such joy at being accepted by the angel. <laughs> I strongly doubt you have the organizational skills to pull that off, dear, Aziraphale snorted, and Crowley laughed. <laughs> yeah, probably not, he agreed. Would make an excellent performer, though. Doubt they could find a better fire breather. Crowley ordered another jug of brown for his friend and was inwardly thrilled when Aziraphale didn't correct him. Aziraphale may have cast a wary glance heavenward, but that was it. He didn't argue the point, and he didn't move away. Crowley fought to control his grin. Aziraphale looked incredible. The angel seemed a little softer every time they met, and Crowley couldn't get enough of it. It was as if Aziraphale was slowly shedding heaven's illusory perfection, surrendering instead to things that actually mattered, like good food and time spent enjoying his existence. The hard, unyielding body of a soldier of God slowly growing into something exceptionally more beautiful. Meanwhile, Crowley couldn't do much more than change his hair. He was still sharp, long and brittle, no matter how much bread he ate. Aziraphale, however, looked at home in his curves. Wish I could be at home in his curves. <laughs> Crowley snickered to himself lasciviously as he watched the angel wiggle on his stool. I'm here for work, he explained quietly, switching to a heavier topic to help keep himself in check. Supposed to be tempting the Emperor, but to be honest, Caligula doesn't exactly need much prodding to be completely bloody appalling. Gonna write a glowing report to head of his taken credit, though. He's horrendous, isn't he? Huh. Really puts a damper on things. What brings you to Rome, Angel? I'm meant to be influencing a boy named Nero, Aziraphale explained brightly, before launching into his plan to improve his charge by turning him on to music. Crowley listened to the angel prattle on, luxuriating in his warm presence. 
Azi Raphael had a lot to say on the matter of music, it seemed, and the demon drank happily, half listening, and watched the way his friend's lips moved as he spoke. Oh, you must join me and try one for yourself, Azi Raphael announced excitedly, grabbing Crowley's hand. The demon blinked down at their joined hands, confused. Were they no longer discussing music? Um, all right, he agreed, figuring if it was Aziraphel, it couldn't be something too atrocious. Aziraphel fairly dragged him along in childlike glee, and Crowley smiled wistfully as he let himself be led around carts and over cobbled streets and into another restaurant. Crowley had been here a few weeks prior, attending an orgy while influencing a senator. He hadn't had a chance to take the place in. They sat at a table and chatted some more, until a massive plate of bivalves was deposited between them with a bowl of cut lemon and two flat knives. Crowley watched curiously as the angel opened the oysters and made him a plate before starting on his own. The demon sneered at the slimy half-shells before him and instantly rethought his prior assumption. This was, in fact, atrocious. Looks like someone already ate mine and tossed it back up in the shell, he hissed. Don't be disgusting, Aziraphel chided, squeezing a healthy amount of lemon juice on his before tipping it back into his mouth. Crowley nearly gagged. I'm being disgusting, he exclaimed, incredulous. The oysters clearly started it. Look at them. Try one before you pass judgment, won't you? Aziraphale challenged him with a roll of his eyes. Crowley grumbled under his breath and forced himself to slurp the mollusk, chewing it with an expression of mounting distaste. Aziraphale made a flustered sound and dropped his empty shell on a side plate. Don't chew it, then, he huffed at Crowley's plaintive whine. Honestly, you're missing part of the experience. Here. Aziraphel doused an oyster in lemon, then came around the table to hold it to Crowley's lips. The demon tensed as a friendly hand gently clasped the back of his neck, sending delightful shivers over his skin. Tilt your head back and let the meat and juice slide down your throat, the angel told him, his voice low. Crowley wondered if it were possible for his eyes to actually bulge out of his sockets. Would his glasses hold them in? Was it strictly necessary for the angel to say something like that while touching him? Open your mouth for me, dear. Aziraphale murmured, and Crowley obeyed at once, thrilling at the way the angel brushed his bottom lip with the back of his soft fingers. 
They locked eyes as the shell tipped up and Crowley's tongue was splashed with the slick juice and brine before the meat slid, slick and cool, down his throat, leaving only a faint taste of salty brine. Crowley groaned and his cock twitched against his thigh. Better? Aziraphale asked, apparently unaware that he was causing an emergency between the demon's legs. Yep, Crowley admitted, because oysters had definitely just grown on him. Got it now, thanks. Aziraphale beamed at him proudly, and Crowley felt another strange pang of comfort and arousal. He distracted himself by fiddling his knife into the next oyster as the angel returned to his seat. Are you enjoying Rome? he asked Crowley, preparing his own oyster. Uh, Crowley began, distracted as the shining meat slid off the shell and into the angel's soft pink mouth. He watched the pale throat bob as he swallowed it down, the tip of his tongue licking across his plump lips in satisfaction. Yeah, he stuttered tightly. What's not to like? <laughs> the bathhouses are certainly interesting, Aziraphale laughed. It's been a while since I had to join someone in bathing, and I'm not sure I was prepared at first for what I saw there. <laughs> oh, say, so I'm not going to make it, Crowley thought, squeezing his thighs shut around his swelling cock and hoping he was wearing enough layers of fabric to hide the growing tent. Aziraphale had been to the bathhouse and seen things. He was desperate to know more. It was going to discorporate him, but he had to get details immediately. The bathhouses are great, Crowley drawled. Love the bathhouses, me. He was rewarded with a pretty pink blush across the angel's cheeks, so he pressed on. Surprised you'd go in. You'd have to, you know, make the right equipment in order to blend in. Didn't think angels did that sort of thing. Crowley tried to sound uninterested, but he wasn't sure how well he was pulling it off, considering his own equipment was being so bothersome at the moment. Oh, I've been making the effort for years. Aziraphale blushed looking down at his oysters. Blending in, as you say. Although the first time was... He cut himself off then with an embarrassed laugh, his blush becoming fully crimson. Crowley leaned forward in his seat. Oh no, he smirked. Angel, you can't start that sentence and expect me not to drag the rest of it out of you, so spill it. Aziraphale tittered nervously, his gleaming eyes darting around to make sure no one was listening. 
Crowley expended a bit of demonic energy to ensure no one would interrupt them for a bit, staring at the angel, until at last Aziraphale broke down with another small laugh. <laughs> well, I had some anatomical notes, and I'd certainly seen plenty of genitals over the years, but when it came to making my own, I wasn't sure exactly how it ought to look, and... <sighs> Aziraphale sighed, a resigned smile on his lips. Oh, you're going to be absolutely monstrous about this, but I... I may have gone a bit overboard with the size of it. Crowley wheezed, all the air evacuating his lungs in sheer diabolical amusement. It took them a while to inflate. <laughs> I need details, he croaked, trying to steady his breathing. How big are we talking here? Like this? Or this? He started holding his hands at various distances apart. Aziraphale glared at him in mock outrage, but Crowley could see the corners of his mouth twitching despite the livid blushing. And how thick did you make it? Like, would I have to unhinge my jaw? Crowley froze, the blood suddenly draining from his face as he realized what he'd just said. His erection wilted in embarrassment, and Crowley silently prayed that Aziraphale hadn't noticed the slip-up. But of course Aziraphale noticed. His face screwed up in concentration as he tried to puzzle it out. Why would you have to unhinge your jaw? Uh, Crowley replied, looking around desperately for some sort of distraction. I mean, obviously snakes can... The angel continued before understanding dawned. Ah, I get it. <laughs> Fellatio. He laughed, delighted that he'd figured out the joke. Crowley groaned, his stomach roiling. <laughs> Crowley nodded with a weak smile. Yeah, obviously. Obviously. Aziraphale agreed, laughing until understanding dawned again. His grey-blue eyes popped open in surprise. Wait... Crowley considered discorporating himself with the oyster knife right at the table. Instead, he just turned his head and vomited on the floor. As distractions went, he'd give it a six out of ten. Oh, oh no, oh my dear boy! Aziraphale gasped in alarm, pushing back from the table and coming around the other side of it to rub Crowley's back as he spasmed through another bit of painful regurgitation. The touch was soothing and he ached inside at the gentleness of it. There was a prickle of holy magic against his skin, and then the reeking puddle he'd created vanished as Aziraphale miracled away the mess along with the plate of oysters. 
Perhaps these aren't the best food for you. Aziraphale cooed, drawing his fingers lightly through Crowley's short black hair. He closed his eyes at the touch, almost following the motion to rest the back of his head against the warm, steady chest behind him. He caught himself before he made contact, startled at how intensely he wanted to press himself against the angel. How much he wanted the comfort being offered. He shook himself free of Aziraphale's touch, vicious rebukes already leaping to his tongue. He snarled, turning towards the angel and... Drink some water, Aziraphale demanded softly, holding a cup to Crowley's mouth. Cool water flooded his mouth, drowning his nasty commentary before he could give it life. It cleaned the foul taste from his mouth, and Crowley drank it gratefully, sulking now. Instead of his heap of venomous insults, he cleared his throat and mumbled, Thank you. Let's go someplace cooler, Aziraphale offered, pulling Crowley to his feet. People were staring at them as the angel led him out of the building. He'd definitely made a scene. This wasn't one of your better ideas, Crowley growled, determined to pin his embarrassment on Aziraphale. It seemed to work. The angel grimaced guiltily and mumbled an apology. Placated, Crowley offered up a different establishment, one known for their strong drinks, to wash away the memory of oysters. They drank and talked and drank some more. Aziraphale noticed how Crowley spoke more freely with every jug of wine, and that suited the angel fine, giving him an opportunity to quietly observe his friend. He watched the way he spoke with his hands, gesticulating with long fingers and wild arms, the creamy gold skin of his glowing against the pool of black fabric he wore. Aziraphale watched his demon swallow his wine, chasing a stray drop with his nimble tongue, pink and slightly forked. It would be disingenuous to say this reminded Aziraphale of the oyster, but only because remembering meant he had ever stopped thinking about it. In truth, Aziraphale had been quietly obsessing over feeding Crowley that oyster, playing it over in his mind on a loop. It had been a bold move in hindsight though at the time Aziraphale had been completely focused on getting Crowley to enjoy the experience. He hadn't even realized he'd closed the distance between them until his hand was wrapped around the nape of Crowley's neck, his fingers grazing his lip. By then it was too late to second-guess himself, not that he had a hope of escape if Crowley chose to lash out. 
Of course, Crowley wouldn't have hurt him, but the mockery and shame would have been just as bad. And yet, something else happened. Crowley seemed as surprised by Aziraphale's boldness as he was, and instead of balking at the sudden intimacy, the demon had gone passive at his touch. Crowley had stared up at him, eyes wide behind his glasses, alarmed but open, guileless. He hadn't ever seen Crowley like that before, and it made Aziraphale feel powerful. He'd tipped the oyster into Crowley's mouth and wiped away a drop of juice from his lip, and for a moment he'd felt compelled to kiss the demon fully. In that moment, he had been sure Crowley would let him. Aziraphale stumbled over a cobble, and Crowley steadied him before he planted his face in the street. This was his first indication that they had left the restaurant. The sun had just set, judging by the pale line of light in the west, and now the angel had a vague memory of inviting Crowley back to his for more wine. All right, Crowley smirked. I, <laughs> I think I might sober up a little, or I'm likely to discorporate myself. Aziraphale tittered, pulling just enough alcohol from his blood to erase the haziness but keep the pleasant buzz. Crowley shrugged, smiling his crooked smile and waiting for Aziraphale to lead on. His glasses looked like two coins of obsidian over his eyes, and while Aziraphale had never been one for superstition, it felt like a bad omen. He knew all too well that he simply missed seeing the demon's citrine eyes. An easy fix. He could be bold once more, pluck those glasses from Crowley's face and reveal those bright eyes to the night. But that would be too much boldness for one day, and so much hubris was bound to be punished. This way, dear boy, <coughs> he coughed, turning away from temptation and heading down a quiet street, more sure-footed. Crowley's eyes continued to haunt him, even covered by dark glass, even as Aziraphale resolutely refused to look at the demon. He could see them, gazing at him, wondering and trusting, the slitted pupils wide and nearly rounded the way they were when they kissed. Aziraphale bit his lip, his effort achingly hard. He had to see if he was right about Crowley wanting him as badly as he wanted the demon. A desperate plan formed in his tipsy brain. I was wondering if you'd like to join me tomorrow at the... Uh, the bathhouse. Aziraphale murmured, forcing the words out past his nerves. Mm, um, yeah, I could go for a hot silk. Crowley agreed. 
Aziraphale glanced up at him then, blushing. Did Crowley know that he was hoping to seduce the demon into seducing him? It was hard to tell if the dark flush across Crowley's face now was due to an aroused flush or merely a shadow. Cause you might as well just admit that you want to see me naked, Angel. Crowley drawled, his smile curving into a wicked leer, sharp teeth gleaming in the pale moonlight. Aziraphale swallowed nervously, and Crowley's grin widened as he backed the angel against the nearest building with a slow, predatory slink. <laughs> Just say it, Aziraphale. <laughs> he chuckled. <laughs> You want my cock, don't you? Of course not. How very dare you. It's perfectly respectable to meet at the bathhouse socially without... The objections died in Aziraphale's dry throat as he stared up at the demon. Crowley could be so intimidating with his cutting tongue and nasty mockery, but... Aziraphale considered Crowley's blush. Up close, it clearly was a blush. There was a softness to Crowley's face, despite the cruel smirk, and suddenly it felt less like mockery and more like a challenge. How? Oh. Aziraphale breathed, a weight evaporating from his chest. Crowley arched a brow expectantly, his stance wilting slightly as Aziraphale failed to dissolve into the expected flustered diatribe. Crowley challenged him, and that wasn't a bad thing. It had done Aziraphale a world of good, uncomfortable as it was at times. He found himself doing things, trying things, enjoying things he would have been too timid to try without the external pressure offered by Crowley's smirking jibes. And if challenges could be good, and it wasn't like Crowley was wrong in his assertion, then maybe Aziraphale should pick up the gauntlet Crowley had just tossed down. Uh, you're right, Angel. Aziraphale reached out a tentative hand and rested it on Crowley's narrow hip. The demon was sure to let him know if this touch was unwanted and Aziraphale wanted to be bold again. He wanted quite a lot more, in fact, but only if Crowley wanted it too. The demon froze at the touch, his expression blank, his only sound a faint that drew a smile to Aziraphale's lips and relaxed the small, tight muscles along his spine. Unk was a favourite noise of Crowley's. It usually signalled a transfer of power from the demon to the angel and Crowley hadn't recoiled from his touch, hadn't lashed out in anger or disgust. He had stilled, watchful and waiting, holding his breath. Aziraphale stepped closer, 
drawing his other hand up Crowley's thigh slowly, so slowly, giving his friend ample time to catch up, catch on, fight or flee. The skin beneath the black cloth was cool. Crowley was often cold to the touch, and Haziraphale entertained thoughts of all the ways he could warm the demon as his hand travelled north over a tense, slender thigh. And still Crowley didn't move. Eyes hidden behind obsidian coins, jaw tense but agape. Watching Aziraphale. Waiting for Aziraphale to give up this course and retreat. Daring him not to. Aziraphale's hand landed softly between Crowley's hips, and at last the air left the demon's lungs in a needy whine. He was long and sorely erect, and Aziraphale cupped the hardness of him and felt quite chuffed. Crowley wanted him. He wanted Crowley. Everything else was immediately immaterial. Angel. Crowley whispered, his voice tight. Crowley, Aziraphale whispered back, removing his hand from the demon's pelvis, only for as long as it took to ruck the toga up and take that velvet erection back up with both hands. Fuck, Crowley groaned, his head falling forward against Aziraphale's shoulder as he rocked his hips into the angel's grip. Bloody... Oh, that's good. Don't stop. Aziraphale had no intention of stopping, even when Crowley startled him by sliding trembling fingers up his leg and grasping the angel's erection in a cool, firm grip. Crowley was moaning beautifully against his hair, and as Aziraphale turned to look at him, they flowed together in a kiss like liquid fire. Crowley's tongue darted between his parted lips, parrying with his own, flicking against the roof of his mouth. Aziraphale melted into the demon, stroking and being stroked in kind, burning up from within as Crowley casually walked them back until the angel's back found the wall once more. Steadied, Aziraphale redoubled his ministrations, exploring this tender flesh in his palms, reaching further to cup and roll the soft bollocks with one hand as he spread a tantalizing wetness at the effort's tip with his thumb. Crowley gasped into his mouth and growled, snapping his hips and wringing an answering moan from the angel. If Crowley hadn't been holding him against the wall so tightly, Aziraphale's knees surely would have given out by now. Wouldn't that have been a thing? To fall to his knees in filthy benediction before the demon and pull him to his lips. What would he taste like? 
would the oysters become a mere appetizer to a more ambrosian brine? Would there be any sulfuric notes or simply more of the pleasant wood smoke scent of Crowley here in the centre of him? Aziraphale wanted to know. He wanted to feel the weight of it on his tongue, draw his lips over the hard length, slow and tight. He wanted to make an experience of it, a meal. Crowley, I want to. His offer, plea, went unspoken, swallowed by another consuming kiss. Crowley was growling and groaning, writhing in Aziraphale's hands, commanding his lips and mouth and tongue. Yet, despite the ferocity of his sounds, the demon was shockingly gentle. His touch was firm but careful, drawing pleasure from the angel with expert ease. His kiss was molten, however, there were no sharp nips or tugged hair like there had been in previous bouts of kissing. Instead, Crowley would periodically release his hold on Aziraphale's weeping effort in order to shake out his trembling hands before grasping him again. This would mount in intensity only for Crowley to whine deep and plaintively and back off again. The demon was holding himself back, afraid of taking too much of what was offered. Aziraphale had always been the greedy one between them, but tonight he was impatient too. Take, he demanded, stroking the demon faster. He bit Crowley's lip and thrilled at the way he keened, desperate and ardent. I want you to, darling. Have whatever you like of me. Everything, angel, Crowley growled, licking a wet trail up Aziraphale's throat. Need you so badly. Driving me half spare, you gorgeous. Pride, dangerously rich and indulgent, filled Aziraphale from tip to toe. There had been times when he'd feared being struck down for kissing Crowley like this, smote for sharing intimacy with the other side. But this felt like a reward. The damp, silken rod in his hand felt more natural to him than any holy sword. And the way Crowley needed him, desired him, made Aziraphale feel more powerful than any holy rank. Here he was, reducing the Serpent of Eden to trembling ruin, listening to gasped pleas between velvety moans, and all because of Aziraphale's touch. This was a sweeter power than anything he had previously experienced. Angel, angel, angel... Crowley was chanting against his shoulder before nibbling Aziraphale's earlobe and licking into his ear. 
Aziraphale gasped at the filthy pleasure, his cock throbbing in Crowley's hands. There was a deep, knowing chuckle from the demon before he did it again, ripping a strangled squeak from Aziraphale's throat. I've dreamed of having you like this, Crowley whispered in his ear, breathless and hoarse. Wanted you for so long to mark your pristine skin up with my teeth, squeeze your luscious thighs while I... Mm, bury my tongue in your ass. Crowley! Aziraphale exclaimed, too turned on to muster any real embarrassment or condemnation. Honestly, it sounded like an excellent idea to him. He sighed, bringing one hand up to stroke encouragingly through Crowley's thick black hair. It's longer than you'd think, my tongue, Crowley confided with a sinister smirk. I could fuck you good and deep, eating you out for hours while you begged and... There was only so much a buttoned-up principality could take. He'd been riding high on pleasure and gratitude and surprise and pride and power and lust, and now this? Crowley's filthy fantasies, merely the fact that Crowley had wanted him enough to fantasize about him at all, let alone with such detail and, oh, didn't it sound wonderful, and, Crowley, I'm... I'm... Uh, uh, Aziraphale should have been ashamed of the feral sound he made as his climax washed through him, a tempest gathered up from his toes and blasted from his hips and throat. He felt twisted by it, driven mad by the intensity of this sensation, for it had never felt like this before. He spasmed in Crowley's hands, drenching the demon's thighs, his hands tightened around Crowley's effort. His other hand grasped a fistful of ebon hair and drew the demon's head back roughly and pulled a sharp cry from his throat. As the pleasure ebbed and reason returned, Aziraphale felt a pang of shame for his violence, which evaporated when he noticed the result. Crowley was on his toes, arched back in Aziraphale's grasp with a look of elation on his face. His rapid heartbeat was pulsing in his leaking erection, his eyes screwed shut behind badly askew glasses. Yes! he hissed before moaning a desperate plea. Please, angel, more. More curious than afraid, Aziraphale obliged, spinning them so he could roughly thrust the demon up against the wall. Crowley cried out again in helpless abandon as Aziraphale held his head still by the hair and finished the demon with five more strokes, hard and fast. 
Crowley howled as he came, spurting copiously across Aziraphale's toga. Silence descended, broken only by their gasping breaths as they clung together through the aftershocks. Neither of them had considered what would happen next, and Aziraphale felt a moment of panic that Crowley might run away again. Come with me, he ordered, grabbing Crowley's wrist with a hand still slick with their juices. He pulled the demon into a motion before he'd fully recovered, and Crowley squawked in indignation, forced to half lean on the angel for support. What are you doing? Crowley snarled, but he made no move to escape Aziraphale's hold. Taking you back to mine, like I promised earlier, Aziraphale smiled back. He didn't mention that he no longer had the faintest interest in more wine. 